Welcome to the third episode of Tiger Talks. I'm Emily, the content editor here at Tiger. Today, we're diving into the world of private PAs with our head of private division, Laura Glendenning. Laura is an ex-private PA who moved into the world of recruitment, using her unique experience and knowledge to help high net worth individuals with their hiring. This episode, we're answering the million dollar question, how do you become a private PA? So Laura, what does being a private PA involve? Um, well, being a private PA is a really, really varied role. Um, fundamentally, a private PA is there to um, look after a private individual or a family and take care of all of their requirements that are associated with their private life. So um, usually that can be all of their private travel, um, their household, including staff management and recruitment. It can be things like um, property projects that they may be working on. It can be sourcing properties for them, looking after all of the household admin, um, looking after children's schedules if that's relevant errand running, personal shopping. The private PA can also interact with a business EA and sometimes a private PA can also take on business EA duties. But if we're just looking at the private PA role, that's what that person does. How does a private PA differ from an EA? So um, they differ in lots and lots of ways. Um, If we think about an EA, usually an EA is based within an office environment. So an EA can be based at um, a corporate setting or within a family office perhaps or sort of a small business. A private PA usually is based at the principal's home or homes um, or travels with them, so it's based out of hotels. Um, A private PA can often be based sometimes at their own home. Um, You do get private PAs who have a base at a family office or the principal's business, but it's a lot more um, roaming, you know, you're moving around a lot. In terms of duties, um, an EA is going to be um, usually looking after the business side of things for that person. So that would be things like um, diary for them, um, business travel, organizing meetings around the business, um, typing correspondence. Again, a private PA doesn't really do a great deal of traditional secretarial admin. They can do, and each role is different, but fundamentally, um, those would be the main differences, I would say. Cool. Um, And the million dollar question, how does someone progress from an EA to a private PA position? If you're an EA at the moment and you are doing an element of private work within your role, so it may be that you're supporting a CEO or um, a CFO or someone and you're doing lots of business for them, so lots of the sort of traditional EA roles, but you're also the person who's doing their personal travel, linking in with their family, sourcing things for their kids. You know, if your boss is asking you to go out at lunchtime and buy Christmas presents, for example, that is sort of the thing that you'd be doing as a private PA. So when we have candidates coming in who want to make the transition from being an EA to a private PA, what I'm looking for is the amount of private work that they've done mm-hmm. within their current role. What you can't what can't happen is you can't just go from being the sort of core secretarial skills into private because it's just really, really different and you need to have that experience. Mm -hmm. Um, 
often private PAs don't come from an EA background at all. So often they come from either um, concierge, lifestyle management, they may have worked on the yachts um, when, you know, when they left uni um, and had sort of exposure to working with high net worths that way. Some of them have worked in hospitality and events, um, but again, I'd be looking for relative, relevant um, experience dealing with high net worths and the level of involvement that they may have had. Being a business EA, you do say A, B, C, and D, but at a private PA, you'll do D, C, you know, B, yeah. A. Can you give me one or two examples of how maybe they would, something like diary would differ when working with a private individual than in a business? Yep. So with um, lots of principals, lots of clients will have two diaries. Um, so they'll have their business diary, yeah. and then they'll have their social diary, and they'll get their private PA to link in with their business EA. So I, for example, when I used to be a private PA, would link in with my boss's business EA. She would be putting in all of his meetings during Monday to Friday. She'd be booking his travel to do with the business. She'd be putting all of that in. She would then be linking in with me if it was, for example, um, travel that meant he would be leaving his private home to go to his plane yeah. um, or to the airport. I would then book the driver, for example. Um, where um, the diaries can change as well is often the private PA won't just be looking after the domestic diary for that person. They'll also be looking after the family diary. There's a lot of that. So um, lots of private PAs are used to having um, technology or systems that mean everybody in the household's whereabouts is defined and located wow. on these systems yeah. um, because princ principals often want to know what their kids are doing, where are they, and they'll come to you for that. Um, so. And would you say that uh, EA's diary would generally have a bit more structure to yeah. it, whereas a private PA will be a bit more frenetic, a bit more yeah. thinking on your feet? It's constantly changing. You know, they might have dinner reservations that get changed, like, literally four times within an hour of them supposed to be going. Um, travel, private travel changes, especially if they've got their own aircraft or, or, or yacht. Um, they can go when they like. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the key things with being a private PA is being able to respond very last minute and be calm about it. Um, nothing is set in stone until they are actually there. <laughs> and even then. And even then it yeah. changes. But you know, you can spend six months planning a huge itinerary for the summer holidays, for example, that could be multi destination and then literally they get to the first destination they really like it they've met someone there who's told them about a different destination and off you go it all it all completely changes what would you say are the challenges in being a private pa you don't have your own life if you're a really good private pa your family that you support or your individual that you support comes first and that's that is, it's a huge sacrifice. That's, it's a huge, yeah. huge sacrifice. And it's not normal of a job. Or, no, no, and you don't really, you know, you're working in an environment that isn't nine to five. Yeah. Um, especially with technology now. Yeah, they can, they, can get, they can contact you at any time. Also, another challenge that we're facing is that so many clients are international and they move around. You're often working on crazy time zones yeah. because you're still the person that they want to speak to. And if they're in, you know, Singapore, 
and you're in London, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're, you're, you're on Singapore yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're also on London time because yeah. you're still the gatekeeper for all of the London kind of contacts and people. So you're on 24 hours. You're time. on 24 yeah. hours. And um, I think that that's been a real um, sort of difficulty and, and, and definitely something that we have, you know, our candidates mention. Um, so the key to sort of combat those difficulties is just to look after yourself, mm. you know, really simple things, but get rest when you can, eat well, try and do a bit of mindfulness, you know, have time for your own life, create boundaries because otherwise they will be crossed. They will be, yeah. So um, that's a, from the very beginning. Just try you know, and create yeah. some boundaries and, you know, let them know what urgent means. With all this in mind, what salary can a private PA expect to receive? Um, so salaries really vary depending on um, levels of experience, um, the amount of staff potentially that you'd be managing, um, and also how much travel. So I would say that the average sort of um, mid-range salary for someone who's a private PA just based in London, no travel, limited out of hours access is probably about 40,000. Um, then when you're starting to look at multiple houses that you may be looking after um, or, or travel or just the level of responsibility, you're probably then looking at sort of anything between 50 to 60. Um, and then when you're looking at over 60, which is definitely, um, a salary bracket, anything between sort of 60 and 75, 80. That's the 24-7 um, gatekeeper, traveling, um, you know, probably multiple stuff that you are sort of line manager for, um, true right hand. True, that kind of yeah. really, yeah. When you're, and when you're supporting someone, usually he's quite notable. Yeah. Um, but you don't get there straight away. I was just about to say, so obviously you said before people may come off the yachts or something like, yeah. or something like that. Do you think that, say, you know, people who are 25 to 30 can start in private PA through that thing? Or is it generally that the private PAs you're working with have done an EA or they've done lifestyle management? Um, and then I think normally they've done something if they're yeah. senior. Um, so if you've got, you know, yacht crew coming in, they can, sometimes there are junior PA roles. So you have a private PA who has an assistant. Um, but if you are looking at the higher salary brackets, you've got some serious experience behind you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're not going to be paying that from the off. There is real, you know, if you have a principal who really likes you and you start on something like 40 and you stay with them, there is real room for it to grow if they want to keep you. Mm. But um, And if you want to stay. And if you want to yeah. stay. Um, but I would say that, you know, like with any role really, the, the salaries kind of reflect the experience and, and just the, the level that you're working at. I suppose... That, uh, from my understanding, the private PA role is kind of viewed in this kind of amazing, you yeah. know, I suppose frame or lens where I think, oh, you get to travel the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. What are the biggest myths about being a private PA? The biggest myth, hands down, about being a private PA is that it's glamorous. It's really, really, really hard work because their life might be glamorous, your life is not. So um, that would be hands down the number one myth. Often we'll get candidates coming in who are just really, they think they're gonna be going on private jets, they think they're gonna be staying in luxury hotels. 
they will be but when you're the person on the private jet who has been awake because you have to be for like 22 hours and then you've got to get your family off the jet you've got to get them through passport control no one can find their passports you're responsible for everybody you know plans have changed you've got to make sure sure the cars are there the luggage are there that they get to the hotel that it's the right room it's the right temperature that the bedding's there that the clothes have been laid out you know that it's the right food you are constantly constantly working all all responsibility is with you especially if you are sort of the primary private pa um it's absolutely exhausting you know another conception is that you're sort of sitting in these you know beautiful houses yeah you might be sitting in a beautiful house but if the housekeeper doesn't turn up you'll do it if the driver doesn't turn up you'll go and get the kids if the chef doesn't turn up like you'll knock up a salad like you're the person who just has to the buck ends with you would you say there's a time limit on being a private pa that's a really interesting question i think there's burnout i do i think i think that which can happen with any which role. can happen with any yeah. role i think when you're really responsible you're working at a, such a peak level of responsibility for such a sustained amount of time that's tiring. that is tiring and i think that um definitely we see private PAs coming in and I've experienced it myself who have just done it sort of non-stop for four years they haven't really ever taken a holiday they're just absolutely exhausted um saying that I think generally what happens is everyone just needs to have a break or maybe try a different family or you know change things up that way I do encourage our private PAs to have a bit of time off between each job even if that's just to go on a really lovely holiday you know, have some time at home yeah. um, because once you're back in with someone, you're back in. You're, there's you, no training. There's no, there's training. no induction. You're, you're just straight in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, and I do think for some for some individuals, if you're if you're with a family who travel a lot, for example, and you maybe go on to have your own family, that can be quite tricky to to navigate. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I've I've got friends and and. Um, you know, I brought my children up as a private PA and they just sometimes came with me. Um, or, you know, you have to have a really understanding partner or network. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've, I, I see it as a lifelong career. If you're looking for more insights into working as a private PA or other private recruitment related information, head to Tiger's website, www.tiger-recruitment.co.uk.